Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith, and your other co-host, Ryan Buell, will be joining us later in the show to talk about our expectations for Baby Driver. He's been having a lot of life happening to him, uh, some of it good, some of it not as good, but um, the this week it's because of good stuff. Uh, so he did not make it to see Transformers because he was busy getting a job. So congratulations to, to Ryan, uh, starting off a career as a teacher. And, uh, yeah, so he's just been busy with, like, getting all that together. You know, the important things. Um, but I am joined by Slade Oren. Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, how are you? Doing good, man. Hanging out. Good. Uh, and we're here to talk about Transformers The Last Night. Um, it's trash, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about what we've been consuming. So what have you been consuming, Slade? Um, yeah, movie-wise, um, I rewatched Moana recently so good and yes it's really good man the music in that is super catchy and the the ocean effects are crazy good, yeah man. they're really good they man really good so rewatch that that's super solid it's um, got a really good story though too it does it like has like she has a really good arc in yeah it, and she's like really like there's a good kind of a message there mm-hmm. and it's pretty sweet yeah i'm, I'm a fan no uh, it's on netflix so if you haven't seen it check it out um mike <laughs> and uh, what else? Um, playing some board games. Um, we played what is that? Boom, the dice game the other Bang. day. Bang, yeah. Bang the dice yeah, game. Yeah, we played Bang. We had a super good um, game of that, and that was fun. And then I just ordered um, Small World Underground. Awesome. Which is the kind of sequel to Small, Small World, World, which is I'm really excited about. So that should be fun. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna get that tomorrow, I think. So yeah, that'd be fun. Um, that's about it though. Just kind of been hanging out, you know, talking to people. So how about you? Um, not a lot, man. We've been dog sitting for cave people. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> like actual cave people? No, or? uh, that would be acceptable for the lack of things that they have. But like, we've I haven't had access to like Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that'll or, do it. Or uh, a working DVD or Blu-ray player. Okay. So I'm going a little crazy. <laughs> I've been watching... I've been playing this game on my lunch break, which is called Try to Figure Out What the Hell is Happening on Teen Titans Go. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I'll just, like, I'll come home... I'll, I'll come to the, the house that I'm dog-sitting at for my lunch, and then, like, an episode of Teen Titans Go is halfway through, and I'll just turn it on and be like, what the hell is happening? Okay, let me see if I can piece this together. And I almost never can. There was one the other day where they were like, I just turned it on. And for whatever reason, what's her name? Starfire? Yes. Yeah. She was just like in Zelda? Like in the NES Zelda. Okay. It was super weird. That sounds kind of cool. Though. And she was like talking to the old man. Oh, From yeah. Zelda. <laughs> And then he was like, okay, I'm going to follow you. And she was like, okay. And then he did. And then they came across this girl and she was like, oh, do you need help with your chicken? And the girl, it was a pretty good joke because the girl was like, it's not a chicken. It's a kookalookaruku. And I was like, man, that's so funny because that's not, they're not called chickens in Zelda. But that's a super like weird deep cut, like a super weird Zelda deep cut. And she was like, I need help doing that. And if you help me, I'll give you this empty bottle. And Starfire was like, that's not an actual reward. (laughs) (laughs) In real life, no. No. And uh, so then they like, the old man like hit the chicken and they all attacked him. Yeah, And then 
uh, they started a dance party and danced across the fantasy land, picking up like other people in their dance party. Okay. And then it just like came up with like a, an evil wizard face and said, while you were having your dance party, the evil wizard so-and-so rose to power. And then it was on to the next thing, which was just like, <laughs> what? Beast Boy and Frogger? Okay. There's a theme here. Yeah. So like Beast Boy. Did he become a frog? Yeah, he did. Sweet. He was like, I gotta get across this. I gotta cross the street. And he was like, well, I'll just become a frog. And so he became <laughs> a frog. And he was like super bad at it. He yeah. kept like getting run over. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I know what I'm doing wrong. And then he became a chicken. <laughs> And then he started crossing the road as the chicken. Yeah. And then he got to, like, the lake part and immediately got eaten by an alligator. Yeah. And then died. And then, like, Cyborg was in this game called Pie Hunter, where he was just, like, supposed to be driving to a, a pie shop. Okay. But, like, a Russian spy oh, like came. Spy yeah, like, Spy Hunter. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, what the hell is happening? Like, I, <laughs> I legitimately was like, why are they games? <laughs> why are they in video games? I don't understand yeah. why they're in video games that shows pretty terrible yeah and ridiculous so i've been doing that and also like when i can't find anything else to watch watching food network yeah that's the like only acceptable thing on cable really yeah i was watching ginormous food today oh yeah yeah that'd be okay yeah this dude went and like he didn't eat the whole thing obviously but he went and like ordered like a 12 pound cinnamon roll oh my god it was awful that's, i was like this is stupid that's so ridiculous yeah but he like he like gets the biggest thing on the menu like the the gigantic thing and yeah. then just like shares it with the restaurant oh see that's cool yeah it was pretty sweet that's actually. less like man versus food yeah like, yeah which i actually kind of like that show yeah same but it's a little more acceptable yeah you know? yeah yeah and the guy kind of feels like they were like, what if Seth Rogen had a food show? Like, he's just oh, like, yeah. kind of fat and, like, <laughs> has, a gla- has glasses and a beard and sure. says, like, snarky things. Yeah. Um, I also watched, like, two hours of The Simpsons the other night. Oh, great. And I hadn't watched The Simpsons new in a really Simpsons long time. Or? It was new. Within the last two years, a lot okay, of them so were dated. I think they were all dated 2015. Okay. Um, pretty new. Which I haven't watched them in a really long time, especially the new ones. And they were, like, solid. Yeah. Like, they weren't, like, as good as they used to be, but they were pretty funny, man. Yeah. They got a lot better at visual jokes. Oh, okay. Is what I've noticed. Yeah. There were a lot of, like, really good visual things. Nice. I mean, they always used to have some of that. But yeah. Yeah. I think since... I mean, this is years ago now. Since the movie came out, yeah. they've kind of, like, picked it up. Yeah, that's true. So, that's, that's true. been my brief impression from what little I've watched, but... Yeah, same, because I know they did the Lego episode, and that was supposed to be really good, yeah. and then <clears throat> I watched the episode that Seth Rogen wrote and directed. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which that. was, like, him adapting the story of how he got into shape for Green Hornet. Oh, in, okay. Because, like, Homer gets cast as a superhero, yeah, and he's got to yeah. get into shape. Okay. And so I was like, oh, that's, like, a cool, like real life parallel thing yeah, to do of. like i was like oh that's that's like a good idea so i saw that um and then the ones i was watching they like turned springfield elementary into like a charter school and like it was super, like everyone had to wear hats and sing songs <laughs> like it was oh they were using the waldorf method oh okay of, of education which i don't know if that's a real thing but know. it was just like making it like an old-timey schoolhouse yeah. once again and uh Super Nintendo Chalmers and uh, Principal Skinner were... <laughs> okay. Um, Superintendent Chalmers. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. one of my favorite things Ralph Wiggum says. Yeah. He calls them Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it took me a second. Yep. 
are like Waldorf, like the Muppets, and she's like, oh, I'm surprised you guys didn't think there were, uh, didn't think about the salad, and they were like, there's a salad? Like, just weird, like, all the it's different weird. things Waldorf is, because yeah. it's like the Muppet, and the hotel, and the salad, um, which is from the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so stuff like that, and then there was one where they went to, like, this knockoff Broadway area, mm-hmm. and there was just, like, a bunch of Broadway jokes, like, there was, like, rats was, was <laughs> one of them yeah, and of then course. like there was like a hamilton parody called spamilton it was like monty okay. python spamilton oh okay. and i was like oh that's pretty good yeah that's cool that's pretty good um and then just like advertising all these like sh- all these like broadway shows that were like adaptations musical adaptations of movies of like 70s movies okay. s- starring people from american idol and i was like man nailed it <laughs> like they went to see bad news bears the musical um, okay yeah it was hilarious nice. uh, so yeah it, it was cool to like i don't know there's something very comforting about revisiting the simpsons it is that's just like a like a blanket like yeah. a warm blanket it's like watching the prices right kind of yeah 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 except it doesn't remind me of being sick yeah fair enough because the price is right every time i watch it yeah like, you're no sick yeah. yeah except Drew Carey's there now. And yeah, it's kind there. of terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Sad. And he's like lost weight, and so he's creepy looking. Right? Like, <laughs> he's like, put, put the weight back on me. Yeah, it's super weird that you he's look skinny. Weird. Yeah. It's super weird. He looks like, he looks like when Will Ferrell was Harry Carey. <laughs> he kind of does, though. The glasses. Yep. Yeah. The glasses and the bow tie. Yeah. And then uh, we saw Transformers last night. We did see Transformers. <laughs> so i guess we'll transition into that um transformers the last night i mean there's not a lot to say about it's the fifth one of these fifth one of these (laughs) um directed by michael bay starring mark Wahlberg and john goodman for some reason yeah um and steve buscemi was there for a second for for like a minute yep and a bunch of other people ken watanabe's in it yeah yep and then who else is in it uh carmichael gerard carmichael gerard carmichael's in it yeah uh stanley tucci yeah anthony hopkins yeah he's pretty he's in it a bunch yep yeah yeah that's a that's a thing yeah so uh it's the fifth one of these things optimus prime left earth to go find their creators for a reason that doesn't make sense and it's not explained in in this movie i think it was explained at the end of like i think it piggybacks off four it does which we didn't see no, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. But n- still not well explained. No, not in five. Yeah. No, which is fine. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I feel like the Fast and Furious movies don't really stop to explain themselves. Yeah, but I don't know. Continue. We'll um, talk about it. Yeah. So Optimus Prime has left Earth to find their creators, uh, like the creators of the Transformers. Um, so he's gone back to Cybertron, where they're from. And in the meantime, there's been a power vacuum. So all these, like, Autobots and Decepticons have been showing up and, like, wrecking America, or wrecking the world, um, because, like, Megatron is also in exile for some reason. He's in exile, like, every third movie or something. Yeah. Um, And so Megatron's, like, in exile for some reason. A lot of the Decepticons are in robot jail. Um, And, like, the, the world has had to, like, shape itself around this new, like, around Transformers existing. So they're, like military units and stuff like like they're looked at as a menace so they have like safe havens in cuba and stuff like that where like they they like it's like world war z 
book kind about of. the Transformers and less thought through. Um, kind of. So all that's going on. And then they find out that there's this staff that belonged to Merlin that was given to him by the Transformers that contains like the creation powers for Cybertron. So they, the creator being of Cybertron enslaves Optimus Prime and Cybertron, the planet hurdles itself to earth <laughs> where also um, we find out that earth is not earth. It is an evil sister planet to Cybertron named Unicron, Unicron which is yeah. a deep cut for, yeah. the, for those. I mean, not really. It's the focus of the first animated movie. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's, it's Unicron and they're going to, the creator being of Cybertron is going to steal the staff from earth, use its powers to terraform Unicron into new Cybertron. Cause Cybertron is dying. And dead, basically. Yeah. It's dead. It's basically a husk of a planet. Yeah. So they're going to turn it so that the transformers have a home now. Um, and like, there are some transformers that are like, want to stop it. And some that don't, that's all like, that's, <laughs> that's all uh, dude. Okay. First off, just you trying to explain what happens in this movie is great because <laughs> it's, it describes to me the, the biggest problem of this movie. There's like an hour and a half of exposition. <laughs> uh-huh. It's just like, they're just constantly telling you what's happening. Yep. Cause that's so unnecessarily complicated. Yep. And there's so many characters. There's so many characters. But it's just, they just keep having to explain why things are happening because it doesn't make any sense. So they're just constantly explaining things mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. And it's just like, why is this so complicated? <laughs> uh-huh. And you still like, you still don't even know what's happening really. Yeah. Cause like the Knights of the Round Table were real and existed in this world. Yes. But also there were a sub, like there were also Transformer Knights of the Round Table. Yes. So there were two sets of Knights of the Round Table. One of them was Transformers and one of them was like Gawain and Percival and all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. And also Optimus Prime was one of them. Was he? Yeah, I thought so. I don't think he was. Oh. I mean, maybe. I could see where you got that, but I didn't get that. Okay. But he could have been. I don't yeah. Know. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not... Yeah. It's so much exposition, still unclear. Still unclear. Also, another major problem with this is there's a ton of characters, and I didn't give a crap about so many characters. any of them. Like, I was like, why do I care about this person? Well, like, some people would show up and then disappear for the whole movie mm-hmm. and then show up again. And it's like, I'm supposed to care about this person now? Mm-hmm. No. Like the little girl? Yeah. yeah. Like, she was kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. And then she was just gone for, like, an hour. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she's back now. I was like, yep. why are you in this movie? <laughs> yep. You serve no purpose. Like, half of the characters are like that. It's just yep. horrible. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just like... And it's slow. It's really slow. Because of all the exposition. Yeah. Like, they just keep It's talking. two and a half hours. It's two hours and 29 minutes. And it, it's forever. It's a forever amount of time. They just keep talking. I had to... So, I had to go buy popcorn just to, like, keep myself... Like, to, to like... <laughs> to do something. To do something. Like, I was like, <laughs> I can't be on my phone right now. Yeah. As much as I want to be on my phone. Like, I've never wanted to be on my phone more in a movie theater. It was the closest I've ever come to, re- like, to understanding how people who are on their phone in a movie theater are. 
That's what Transformers 5 is like. Transformers 5 is like is like a glimpse into the mind of someone who is so inconsiderate that they would just get on their phone for long stretches of a movie <laughs> in a theater. Oh, man. It's like... Okay. So it's it's not good. Right. Let's just go with that. It's right. not good. The dialogue's bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I need to talk about this. This is the second thing about the movie that I dislike. One, all the exposition, constantly. Mm-hmm. Second is like there was so much swearing in this movie. Yeah, there was. They say shit so many times. Yeah, I was like, how can they be getting away with saying that in a PG thirteen movie? Like you forty times. You basically got unlimited shits in a PG thirteen movie. Is that new? Like that's crazy to me. Uh, I think it was like the movie SWAT was the first one. Where that's they, like, nuts, you, man. Yeah, I just kept having. It. I was like, how is this okay? Yeah, this is Transformers. Like, yeah, yeah, I had the same thing. Like, I mean... One or two, okay. Yeah. You know? And, like, to impact a scene. Yeah. But they just casually throwing around, like, every character. Yeah. Every character. Literally yeah. every character. And it's just, like... Said it so many times. It was crazy. It was just... I can't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And, like, usually... I mean, we've talked about stuff that has way more swearing in here. Yeah. But, like, it, it, just, it was super out of place in Yeah, this it did not fit. This is a Transformers movie. Yeah. It's PG-13. Yeah. You know, like, secondly... It just goes to show you what I was going to say about it, is the dialogue is terrible in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just a crutch that they're using in this movie to try to make people, oh, I sound cool because I use bad language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of, like, actually writing them good dialogue. Yeah. Like, yeah. that might have helped. Yeah. You know? The only reason they say that word so much is because they couldn't write um into a script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. And so that that was like that bugged me the whole time. Yeah, like the whole same, time. same. I was like, why? Why? I felt the same way about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, though. It does. It's true. Guardians has that kind of yeah tone that's like a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I felt that way when I watched Guardians too. But this is just like it just hit me. It's like uh, this is slow. There's so much exposition. There's all this language. Yeah, you know, I don't. Yep, I don't know, man. Yep. Um. Okay. Let's talk. So let's camp out on the characters for a little bit. Okay. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is a disgraced inventor who, like, he helped save the world from Transformers in the last movie, yes. but for some reason he's wanted. I don't remember why. In the movie, in the movie, it's because he's trying to save Transformers. Okay, so yeah, he goes around and like tries to fix Transformers, fix that them, are, like, and save damaged. them, and give them a home, like yeah. save all the Autobots and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's kind of like a mass like no transformers right so so that's happening he's got a daughter who's in college that he can talk to on a satellite phone for 30 seconds before they find his position and he can't speak yes um there's a little girl who is at the very beginning of the movie who is living in this sort of almost like former war zone from i think i think the last movie um her parents got killed in like the big battle in the last movie. Yeah. And so she's been living here since then. And her like guardian transformer gets killed by yes. the government. Mm-hmm. So she hangs out with Mark Wahlberg until she doesn't. There's, <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, there's Gerard Carmichael. Who's like Mark Wahlberg's like right hand man who like helps yeah. him. Sidekick guy. Yeah. Sidekick yeah. guy. Um, Anthony Hopkins is oh man like a Templar. So or something? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is man so good. Anthony Hopkins is the last of this group of a secret society who have known about the Transformers since the time of King Arthur, 
and have kept them a secret from the world, even though they've affected history in major ways, like winning World War II. That we didn't hear about until this movie. Right. But whatever. Yep. Also, like, it doesn't make sense because we've seen five movies now of Transformers destroying literally everything in their path. So why were they so covert about it in the past? (laughs) That's a good point, actually. I was like, how did we hide gigantic robots for hundreds of years? Like, until the first Transformers. Which, you see them arrive in the first Transformers movie. Mm -hmm. So how could they have already been on Earth? Right. When they just got here? Whatever. Right. So, Anthony Hopkins is part of the Secret Society. The Secret Society was led by uh, the, like, great-great-great-grandfather of Shia LaBeouf's character from the first Transformers yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. If you recall, the last name of that of Shia LaBeouf's character is Witwicky. Yeah. And the Secret Society is called Witwickens. Yes, I think you're what right. What even? That was the best they could come up with? Like, they couldn't just make them the Knights Templar? I don't know. Man. It makes way more sense to just be like, this is what the Masons do. Yeah. Or like, this is what the Knights Templar do. They, or something. Like, that would have been way... Like, they just... You didn't have to invent one, man! Nope. Gotta invent it. Oh my gosh. It blew my mind. Also, Anthony Hopkins has like a British butler transformer yeah. named Cogman? That's like insane (laughs) yeah he's like a sociopath yeah just so weird but like why yeah why is that character even there yep i don't even okay okay yeah yeah so there those are like the human characters and also cogman oh and then there's what's her name there's the descendant of merlin oh yeah she's like a a professor or whatever of ancient things yeah you know she's around doing Mm -hmm. stuff I don't know. That noise you hear is a dog drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Had to think about what it was. Um, Yeah, so she's like the main crux of the movie, right? Yeah. So the main crux of the movie is that she's a direct descendant of Merlin, therefore she can handle Merlin's staff. Which has all the power. Which has all the power to create, like, Cybertron or whatever. Which is what the bad guys want. Right. Yes. So they have to go down into, like, the ocean to this, like, ancient Transformer ship and get Merlin's staff. Before, from before the bad guys do before the bad guys do yeah but then the bad guys steal it anyway because optimus prime is a bad guy kind of he he changes his name to nemesis prime for, for like, like two seconds yeah, yeah like five minutes and then uh and then he gets into a fight with bumblebee and then bumblebee talks yeah like using his own voice Actual box. Word, instead yeah. of like the radio whatever yeah yeah okay did any of this matter to you <laughs> no yeah. Not at all. <laughs> Not. I, I was actually just like kind of bored. Mm-hmm. And I, the thing is like, I think they've actually gotten better at like showing the robots fighting each other. Okay. It's like easier to follow than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Cause it used to just be a mess on screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, but now like you can actually differentiate them and they like actually look like individual different things and you can pick out which one's which. So like the actual like fighting of the transformers actually looks cooler. Right. So that's nice. The problem is, is like, there's not a whole lot of that really in this movie. No, there's not. There's, there's like, like no action in this movie. There's like, like one fight scene at the beginning, ish mm-hmm. part, and then there's like nothing until well, like the last like, half hour. There's like chase scenes and stuff, and they're okay, but it's Transformers, man. Come on. Yeah, like I was, 
I left during the tracing of the humans yeah. through the abandoned building to go get my popcorn. Okay, sure. Because I was like, why do I want to see tra- tra- humans get chased? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end, there's a like half hour final whatever battle scene. Yeah. And I actually liked that part of the movie. I thought it looked cool and there was some cool stuff going on. Yeah. And there was like the army dudes and like Transformers like fighting together. Yeah. Like, it was like kind of cool. And it I looked like, good. He filmed it like pretty well too. Yeah, it looked good. That that whole end part, I was like, I was into it. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. He filmed it like a war movie, which I yeah. thought was cool. Yeah, there was some cool stuff going on. Yep. And I there mean, was it, a little robot that was kind of like the anti-BB-8 and he beeped F you. Yeah, what... <laughs> Dude, just like so many things like that in this movie. Anthony Hopkins flips off someone in this movie. Yeah, okay. Yes, he does. What? He also refers to a car as a bitchin' ride. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's not. It's ridiculous, man. But the, the problem with Ian is you don't actually care what happens. Like, Earth yeah. is being destroyed. Yeah. And there's like this, the nerdy computer guy that's like, I was like, but physics, not robots. At the oh, end. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, Buster yeah. from Arrested <laughs> Development. Yes. It's like, why are you being obnoxious right now, dude? Yeah. Like, we're just, obviously Transformers are real. You should just be on board with this by now. Yeah, this should right? be a major scientific breakthrough, actually. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. So, it's just like, it's just weird, man. It's like... It's like all the pieces are there for like a good, you know, like Armageddon or, you know, disaster movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just like doesn't. Yeah. It's just too complicated. Yeah. There was also what I didn't like is that the only character I gave a crap about was Bumblebee and he's barely yeah. in it. Yeah. I'm like, Bumblebee gets really good character moments in this movie. He does. Actually. He does. Like actually decent character moments. Yeah. Like when he talks to Optimus Prime like I felt something yeah. like I was like dang that's awesome like that's like a huge moment yeah because it's been like five movies leading up to that and like it took that thing like I felt like it was a really good payoff for that too I felt like it was really smartly done um it's the only thing in the movie that is really smartly done <laughs> but I felt like that was really smartly done um I agree and like I think Bumblebee has like a moment where he mourns like the the um the Transformer that died by the military people that the oh, yeah. girl was hiding yeah. under. And I yeah. liked that a lot. Yeah. Like Bumblebee's a great character. He has some really good character beats in that. Yeah. When he goes and like saves him from the army guys at the very beginning. Yeah. 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 You know? And when, when he's like, he's replacing his like voice and stuff. Yeah. And, and he sounds like Siri. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, that's like, that's a good bit. Yeah. Like, that's cool. And he has some good parts. There. There's just not a lot of transformer. It's like kind of yeah. how I felt about most of the transform. Well, the first one specifically, the first one's like not enough Transformers in it. And it's like the same thing here. It's like not enough Transformers fighting each other. Yeah. Why is Optimus Prime only in like 10 minutes of this movie? Dude, that was a like, huge... Yeah. Optimus, Optimus Prime's the best. He's a sweet speech at the end about like being awesome. And yeah. Like being a hero and yeah. stuff. And you're just like, yeah. And then one of the Transformers is like, man, gets me every time. You yeah. Know? Like that was a good line. It's like, then why don't you put that on screen? Yeah. Like give me some more Optimus Prime. Yeah. No, the whole movie I was just like, where is Optimus Prime? Like yeah. I don't understand where Optimus Prime is. Like... He's the best. Yeah, I was like, why is it taking so long for Optimus Prime to show up, even as Nemesis Prime, so yeah. he can turn good again? Like, Something. Yeah. Man. And then, like, okay. I might be... Robot prison? Oh, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to the freaking aesthetic nod to Suicide Squad. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I can't believe this movie just, like, paused itself to become Suicide Squad for, like, ten minutes. Um, No. So... There's a scene where I'm pretty sure, like, Cogman is like, come with me, 
to Mark yeah. Wahlberg. And yeah. he's like, you got to leave Gerard Carmichael and the, Transformers. the little girl and the Transformers. Yeah. And he's like, okay, Bumblebee's going to take care of you. And then Bumblebee's with them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he told them that Bumblebee's going to take care of them. He, I don't think he does. He says, you're family now. They'll they'll take care of you. Okay. Meaning the I thought, Transformers. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the, the British one was okay. like, I'm in charge. But then Bumblebee pointed to himself like, no, I'm in charge. Oh, I didn't get that. I did. Like, I'm pretty sure this was already leaving at that time. Okay. Yeah, because because what's his face? Mark Warburg was like, yo, Bumblebee, let's go. And so he's like following him. And then so the other guy's like, I'm in charge now. Okay. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I thought it was implied that Bumblebee was going to stay and take care of them. To be fair. Because, you know, like, he was like, wait, oh, Bumblebee's going with them, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) But so you're not leaving them all? And he has this thing about, like, this is the moment. And it's, like, not even a big moment. She's like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. Like, yeah. that was the moment? Like, I don't... Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yep. Um, so, yeah, while all that's happening, Megatron is in exile for some reason. We don't know. And so he decides that he... Though they do have wiretaps on him or something. But Yeah, they're, like, tracking his location somehow. Yeah. And um, so what is his goal? He wants to get the... St- he he says that his goal is that he just wants to go home. Yeah. So his goal is to get the staff to the creator being... I guess. Okay. So he has like a but negotiation... But not really clear until the end. Yeah. But... So he has like a negotiation... With the government. With the government. Like a full-on negotiation. Yeah. Like... Like laptops and binders and cell phones and like foldy tables and foldy chairs yeah. with lawyers... In the middle of the desert. Yeah. And I was like, what the F is happening right now? You're a giant robot with the biggest sword I've ever seen. (laughs) Just murder them and take your posse with you. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you have to do words with these people. And so he starts, like, negotiating which of his, like, posse he wants released from prison. And then it becomes Suicide Squad. Like, literally. Like, he says... Which which Transformer he wants, and then it, like, cuts to that one in robot prison. Yeah. And it's just, like, dialogue about how I'm a bad robot. Freeze frame, stamped across the front, the name of the robot. Yeah. One of them is called Nitro Zeus. Yeah. What is that? That's not a name. That's that an a, energy drink. Is that an actual Transformer? Name? I don't Did think so. I feel like they made him up. I mean, it might be. But also... We never see these characters again until the very end. No, they're in the city when they, like, battle each other. They, like, go... Right oh, after, yeah, right yeah, after yeah. the scene, they go, that's right. they go battle... What's-his-face? Mark Wahlberg and the yeah, other ones. That's right. They get, like, wrecked, so they leave. That's right. And then that's it. Is that the one where Bumblebee partially transforms? Is that that scene? I don't know. Okay. No, that's when they're in the chase. In London. Yeah, in yeah. the chase. Okay. No, this is when they're in that city and he like blows up half the city. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's run, the part I left her. They run through the, okay, they run through this like abandoned building. Yeah. Right, and then they're like fighting the whatever and the Autobots kind of just destroy them and the government shows up. Mm-hmm. So that's, they're like battling the Decepticons and the government, yeah. which doesn't really make sense. It's like not clear why this is happening. Yeah. But the the best thing about that, he's like blowing up the city. It's like rigged. He has it like rigged. It's yes, like set yes, up, yes, 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 you know? yes. But it's like this abandoned city. But then they run to this like old timey hotel, mm-hmm. and there's just just like this janitor like mopping, <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Why is this? 
there's stuff exploding in this. Why are you in this abandoned town mopping right now? No That's sense right. whatsoever. That's right. That's right. So they do do that, but it doesn't make sense. Yep. And then Mark Wahlberg in that same scene, like, flies on, like, a drone for a while, and the CGI is super bad. It is not good. Man. It is not good. I couldn't believe how terrible that looks. Yeah. Considering the hallmark of these movies is at least they have good CG. You know, like, oh, man. Yeah. Gosh, I couldn't believe it. Um, So then there's a chase scene in London, which has the shot from the movie that I really liked. Yeah. And seeing it in context, I still really liked it. I thought it was cool. I don't know. I think it just kind of blended in with the rest of everything that was happening. Because, like, Bumblebee partially transforms to blow yeah. up another Transformer. Which is cool. And I thought that was sweet. I thought, I, I don't know. I really like that. Because I don't, like, yeah. I haven't really seen that. I thought it was like they found something new cool. to do. It was cool. And then that Transformer, like, never shows up ever again. Yeah. Yep. There's just too many characters in this movie. Yeah. Man. It's just a lot. It's just too many things happening. Yeah. Too many things going it's on. It's just, like, exhausting. I mean, and it looks pretty good. Like, the effects look pretty good. For yeah. The most part, except for that one scene you were talking about. Yeah. Like, the, you know, all the Transformers look pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they've, like, really refined the CGI on them. Yeah. And, like... And, like, even the chasings look pretty good. The car's exploding and stuff. It's yeah. Like, I mean, he shoots it like, a car commercial, because that's what he used to do. So, yeah. like, he knows how to shoot vehicles. Yeah. Really well. But it's just... Uh, it's just boring. Yeah, it's just so boring. It's just, it's really boring, man. Like, it's not even, like, so crazy that you have to rush out and yeah. go see it. Like, I just, I don't know. It's not, like... There's some good spectacle. It's, like, bad. Um, but it's not as bad as, like, a lot of people are saying it is. No. But I really didn't enjoy watching it either. Yeah. You know Like, what? I wouldn't want to watch it again. Never. But if it was, like, on while I was hanging out with someone fine if it was like in the background it wouldn't matter because that's basically how i watched it (laughs) like i just started like doing better stuff in my brain yeah you know what i mean yeah like i i don't know it just kind of makes me like because i feel like there was something there like in that movie that it could have been good like there were aspects about these this transformers franchise that Mm -hmm. could be good it should work right i don't know why it doesn't like there's something it's just like not it doesn't get there you know because i really liked the sweet dragon. Oh yeah, the Transformers dragon. It was sweet. I yeah. was like, what? And he was made up of all the like the the Knights of the Round Table Transformers. Yeah. And I thought that was like Yeah, cool. that was cool. You know, and I was super into that. You yeah. Know? I was like, that was like that was the only thing I was like, sweet dragon. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. But then it's like kind of just underused and not like it doesn't matter, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. None of it matters. Like the, yeah. they don't make any of these things essential. Yes. Like, none of the characters are essential. Yes. And that's annoying. Like, there's no focal point. There's just no focal point for any of it. it arguably Bumblebee, but he never gets enough stuff to do yeah. for you him to be the focal point of, the, of yeah. the thing. And, like, man, I just... I don't know what it is about these movies specifically that bring out the worst in Michael Bay. Yeah, it's true. I just don't understand why. It doesn't seem like he phones it in. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look phoned in at all. There's a lot of work going into. Yeah, movies, like every man. penny is on screen. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But like, I just don't. I don't know why he like these. These seem like they suck almost on purpose. Like something. I know this one was the. Um, <laughs> this one was the work of six different scripts. Wow. It was like it was like six. Tra- it was like six discarded Transformer scripts stitched into one. That makes sense to me. Yep and wow that totally makes sense to me yep because there's so many things happening in this movie and 
I want to make sure I get the number right because this is outrageous. Um, this is one of the craziest stats I've ever seen. I've ever seen on uh, on a movie. It's got four writers, which isn't. Oh, yeah. just kidding. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's got oh six credited writers. No, sorry. Some of them are in here by. Oh, I see. So it's got one, two, three. It's got four story by credited writers and three okay. screenplay by oh. writers. Okay. Um, and then it's got six, six credited editors. What? Six? Six people edited How? this movie. Like it... There's just like six passes on this or like... I have no idea. How does that even work? I don't know. Man. Yeah. I feel like... Huh. Yep. I mean, it's not like badly... It's not well edited, but... The... Yeah. There was one cut I actually really liked, but I don't remember what it was. There was one thing where I was like, oh man, that was a good edit. Uh... It just, the story is really poorly edited, yeah. both from like a script standpoint and also from like structuring the movie to tell the story. Yeah, comprehension. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a basic yeah. comprehension level. Oh man, it's so bad. It's so bad. They really just needed to cut like an half hour? an hour? Yeah, a half an hour at the least. Yeah. If not 45 minutes. Like I would just cut almost all the Optimus Prime stuff out. Except yeah. you kind of want Optimus Prime in the yeah. movie. So maybe cut like two I would to three cut, characters out. Yeah, I would cut like two to three characters and also cut down the amount of that chase scene. Yeah. That you wouldn't. For, you don't even need that chase scene. Yeah. You just cut that whole chase scene. Yeah. Yep. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. It's, it's like, it's not terrible, but it's not good. It's pretty terrible, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty terrible. It's not, it's not a great movie. No, that's not a great movie. There Anthony are some Hopkins parts that are dies. okay. Anthony Hopkins dies. He does? Yeah. I didn't care about that really. I didn't really either. And then Cogman tells him that of all the people he served, he's been the coolest? Yeah. What? What? This is what I'm saying about this movie. It's so irreverent. Yeah. But and not intentionally, like, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. They set it up to be not, but yeah. then it's just irreverent. Yep. It's like, pick a lane, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like... It wants you to buy into all this like BS lore that it sets yeah. up. That's like stupid and terrible, but also doesn't treat anything with any sort of seriousness mm-hmm. except the lore. Yeah. But like what? Even the characters kind of don't like within it think it's stupid that are doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's the other thing too is like the voices they get to be these Transformers are like massive actors. And I'm just yeah. like, what are you? Like I was like, didn't. Did Michael Bay help John Goodman cover up a murder? And so he owed it? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, how, how do they get John friggin' Goodman to be in this movie, man? 
I just because it took me a long time to realize I was like that sounds like John Goodman. That's not him though, is dude. It? The whole movie like, I was back and forth on that because it like, it's gotta like, be him. Though. It sounds like him exactly from it the does. beginning, from and I was instantly. like, I was like, that's John Goodman, and I was like, there's no way he would be in this. And then I was just like, no, I'm pretty sure that's him, man. And by the end of it, I was like, yeah, that's definitely him. Why is he here? What is happening? And then when Steve Buscemi showed up, I was like, well, at least him and Michael Bay are buddies. Like, he's yeah. been in Michael Bay's movies before. But, like, super weird. And, like, his Merlin was, like, a joke? Stanley, uh, uh, Steve Buscemi was the day trader. Oh, robot. you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stanley so Tucci. Stanley Tucci is Merlin. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, Stanley yeah. Tucci is Merlin, even though he was a different character in the last movie. Yeah. But he's, like, this weird drunk Merlin mm-hmm. who, like, doesn't care. Yeah. I thought he was great, though. I just, like, it's just kind of weird. Because these people are, like, dying in this war. Yeah. And, and he's just like, eh, whatever. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, very, just, like, totally weird. That's true. You know? That makes like, sense. But Anthony Stanley Hopkins Tucci's just, like, really off. fun to watch. It's true. He's he's just good. Yeah. Just weird. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins is, like, saying dude and bitching and flipping people yeah. off. I'm like, man. Like what is this? that's uh, what is that just doesn't feel right, yeah, man. That was super weird. So. Like uh, that's the thing. It's like Anthony Hawkins is always like I read the script two hundred times before I agree to do the movie, and I was just like, how did you say yes to this? Then <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, man, it's such a it's such a strange. It's strange just like thing. I I just want it to be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because I said before, like, I'm not a huge Transformers person. Right. I but they're, like, a that. cool premise. But it's, like, yeah, it's cool, man. Like, you turn into cars and you're, like, robots. Like, robots are cool, you know? Yeah. Like, I just want it to be better than it is. Yeah. You know? And it should be. Like, I don't know. There's, yeah. like, no reason why it can't work as a giant summer franchise that, like, rears its head every couple years. Right? I don't know. I don't yeah. know why they keep making them. Did yeah. this one do well? Did it no, make money? No, not in America. I don't know how it did internationally. Uh, okay. But it had, like, a... I think... Uh, it's 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 a little weird because it it opened on a Wednesday, That's so true. like the opening weekend is kind of hard to judge by, because yeah. um, you know it had three days prior yeah. to it, but I think it had a five day total of fifty million dollars. No, yeah, I think it only made twenty seven million over the weekend. That's not very good. No. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean. It shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, it's bad. Yeah. Like, I'm glad people aren't supporting it. My theater yeah. was pretty empty when I saw it on Thursday. Yeah. There was, like, a there was like a fair amount of people there, but it wasn't, like, packed. Yeah, it wasn't, like, a big opening or anything. Yeah. 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 It wasn't, like, okay. crazy. Well, maybe we won't get another one. Well, they set it up for another one. They set it up for another one. And, like, I'm kind of interested in that. It sounded kind of cool. Yeah, like. But this is the thing. It's just, like. Transformers should work. It should be cool. Yeah. There's fighting and there's robots. And yep. then the, even the intro is like, oh, dang, the Earth is actually like a Transformer inside of it. Or yeah. Something. I was like, oh, that could be cool. Yeah. You know, but it's like not going to be good. Yep. Oh, uh, they show um, how Bumblebee helped turn the tide of World War II. Yeah. And I actually like what? that was stupid. But I liked that we finally got to see Bumblebee be a Volkswagen. Yes. And I thought I, that I thought was that sweet. Too. I was like, oh, sweet, he's a Beetle. Yeah. 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 Because that's what he was originally. Yeah. I was like, awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. And then they had like the watch that killed Hitler. And then yeah, he, Anthony Hopkins like that? threatens the prime <laughs> minister with it. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Man. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Man. What a strange movie. It's just weird, man. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted it to be good. It wasn't. Yeah. Also, if you think that this conversation was haphazard, try watching the movie. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that'll do it for our Transformers talk. I, we don't want to fry your brains any further. 
Um, so yeah, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back to hear me and Ryan, uh, talk about our expectations for baby driver. Um, we've already recorded that part. Uh, it gets a little intense. So enjoy that. Look out. Yep. All right. We'll be right back. (laughs) Was that you doing the music? Yeah. The transition music? Yeah. Transition music, man. And we're back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Transformers last night. And I'm glad we never have to talk about that movie ever again. Uh, um, But right now I'm joined by Ryan Buell. Hello, hello. Uh, And we're here to talk about our expectations for Baby Driver. Now, Baby Driver is the latest film from writer-director Edgar Wright, who you may know as the director of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, and Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Um... So Ryan, what uh, uh, what is your relationship with Edgar Wright? Uh, literally all those movies. <laughs> uh, I was uh, first introduced to him through really Hot Fuzz was my first okay. uh, introduction to Edgar Wright. Uh, I later on got to watch Shaun of the Dead, which I really liked, and then I actually went and saw World's End. And the world is it called At World? At the World's, World's End. End. The World's End. At World's End is a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh, that's right. Good point. Mm-hmm. And then This uh, Is the End is the Seth Rogen one, and that came out the same year as The World's End. Oh, you go. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the the third and the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, uh, which I like that one a lot, is a little bit more of a serious subject matter. I feel. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, I really like that one, and Scott Pilgrim. I've watched that so many times. I love his style, kind of, um, just a a good storyteller, but not like, oh, I don't know, would kitschy be the right word? Yeah, um, or schlocky, or schlocky, or kind of cliche, or like being stylized just for the sake of being stylized, you mm-hmm. know. You know, like someone trying to copy Tarantino or something. Yeah. Nothing like it. It's like, this is just... When you watch an Edgar Wright movie, you don't feel like he's copying anybody. He's just... That's just kind of who he is. That's his style yeah. of story. Um, so, yeah. I, I've loved all his movies. I really wish the Ant-Man thing that went down with him yeah. had not. And that he had saw that movie to completion. I feel like, as much as I like Ant, as much as I liked and still like Ant-Man... I feel like it would have been a different movie if they had allowed him more uh, control over it, which seem, uh, Disney slash Marvel seems to have a problem with that, considering that yeah. seems to be the main thing I keep hearing about directors and Marvel. Well, Disney, yeah. more, you know, yeah. creative differences seems to be the the spiel we keep getting with that, so... Yeah, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that again in a second. But, yeah, Edgar Wright, is a, he's an incredible filmmaker. Like, mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, he's got a perfect filmography so far. Uh, he's made four movies that I really like. Um, I like them in a different order than most people do, I've come to find out. Um, I actually like Hot Fuzz the least out of those. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's always a movie that I feel like it's my fault that I like it the least out of those three. Um, the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy specifically. I love The World's End. Uh, I love that it is a little more serious. It's a little more grown up in a way. I think that all three movies, though, are this really good um, trilogy, even though they're not directly connected. They're spiritually connected and they have, you know, the three ice cream. It's also called the Cornetto Trilogy. Um, You know, and it's red, blue, and green. And I like how... World's End feels like we've come a long way since Shaun of the Dead. 
you know, it feels like a really good journey from Shaun of the Dead to World's End. Yeah. Uh, and then Scott Pilgrim is one of my favorite movies, full stop. It's probably in my top ten favorite movies of all time. And if it's not, it's definitely one of my top ten most watched movies of mm-hmm. all time. I can watch that movie anytime like all you have to do is say let's watch scott pilgrim and i'm gonna watch scott pilgrim yeah uh we watched it on the plane on the way back from new orleans when we went there for christmas on my ipod classic (laughs) Uh, yeah on this tiny little screen and it was just as entertaining as seeing it in a theater uh not as full of people as it should have been Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and uh yeah man the the ant-man thing was weird it was so, it was, they announced it when they announced Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. And Iron Man 1 uh, came out in 2008. And they announced it, I think, in 2007, 2006, something like that. So yeah. Ant-Man was in development for a really long time. A ridiculously long time. And then Edgar Wright left. And that was kind of the beginning of all this Disney stuff that mm. that you hear about. You know, they start hiring these idiosyncratic directors or these directors with really kind of strong voices i like what you said about you know he's stylistic but in a different way than a tarantino but because of that he gets compared to tarantino a lot even Mm -hmm. though they're completely different filmmakers and they're friends they're really good friends because i think i think they i think they value the same things about filmmaking and about storytelling but they just do it in two completely different ways but they still really like each other's movies um You know, like, there was a picture of them at breakfast the week after uh, he got fired from Mm Ant-Man. But Disney does this thing where they hire these guys who, you know, have all this indie cred and then not let them use the tool set that made them famous in the first place. And it's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, We haven't really seen it hit the screen usually it's fallen through beforehand um you know with edgar wright and then arguably again with josh trank who did fant stick and was gonna do one of the star wars movies and then mm. the fantastic four thing was a debacle um a lot of finger pointing going back and forth there um so the first one we're actually going to get to see like they took this indie director with a very distinct style and applied it to the big screen actually got the project made is Thor Ragnarok later this year. Yeah. Taika Waititi has a very distinct style. Mm. You know, you can watch it. He's made four or five movies and you can watch any of them and pick out that it's his, even though they're wildly different. Um, and we just saw it fall apart again uh, with three weeks left of shooting on Han Solo. Yep. Uh, they hired Lord and Miller who are comedy directors and, you know, made 21 jump street and 22 jump street and the lego movie just very like punchy one-linery type of movies with a lot of jokes packed into them a lot of comedy stuff with like layers of heart and and stuff like that and they filmed for nearly six months and then the studio fired them because they didn't like the improvisational nature of their filmmaking but that's what they hired them off of was the things um you know with edgar wright you get all these smash cuts and and uh whip pans and and weird little in jokes and like super dense and layered sound design and like that stuff has never not been in his movies 
his style has been there from the beginning. I think he's one of the few directors that has just come out fully formed with his first movie, which is Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, he got a start on Spaced, which is a BBC comedy that's hilarious. Oh, he was the creator of that? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost as well. Uh, that's, yep. where the, that's the origin story. I never knew yep. that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was his baby. Yep. Um, and, you know, even that style was there. And you can actually watch Space find him find watch him find that style then go back and watch Shaun of the Dead and watch it just be he like figured it out how to do it in a movie form yeah it's crazy um but Disney hired him for that like the, mm-hmm. even even though Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End are you know ostensibly a trilogy Scott Pilgrim could fit right in there you know like it still feels like an Edgar Wright movie yeah um and even with the the final cut of Ant-Man, he's still got, like, a story credit or something on it. He's credited somewhere on Ant-Man. And you can kind of see his fingerprints on it. Um, there's, certain, there's certain action beats in it and, like, jokes within the action that feel like an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. Like, it's not super often, but when it's there, you're like, oh, that, that's one of the leftover things. Yeah. You can It sticks out like a sore thumb in that movie, as yeah. a matter of fact. And uh, are, they're arguably the most entertaining parts. I like that movie quite a bit, but they're arguably the most entertaining parts of the action sequences. Stuff that was actually his. Yeah, the stuff that was actually his. So I don't know, Disney, what you're doing over there. But because you're doing that, we got Baby Driver. Yeah. And Baby Driver is the latest movie. It's the fifth uh, finished film from him. Um, it is the story of a getaway driver named Baby who meets this woman, falls in love, and decides to get out of the getaway driving lifestyle. Um, not a new concept, not, uh, you know, very familiar, um, especially for a 70s movie, um, you know, or a late 70s, early 80s movie feels very in that wheelhouse. Mm. The twist on this is that Baby, uh, is the name of the getaway driver, that's called Baby Driver, um, has tinnitus. Uh, tinnitus is a ringing, a constant ringing in your ears. Uh, it often drives its, uh, it often drives the the people who suffer from it insane um, because of how loud it can get. Uh, Tom York, the lead singer of Radiohead, mm-hmm. he has tinnitus. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a constant ringing in his ears, which is probably why Radiohead songs sound like really strange. Yeah. Because like he doesn't hear the way normal people hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> so. Tinnitus is baby's condition, and to drown out the tinnitus, he's always got his iPod earbuds in, and he's always listening to music. And um, as such, he's, like, kind of a quiet guy. And so it's kind of like, rather than, like, a, rather than like a tough guy getaway driver, you kind of have, like, a sensitive guy getaway driver. Like, the palette of the movie's really pink. Um, you know, not the most tough guy masculine color. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about him falling in love and it's not just like a this woman can save me type of thing it a little bit is but it's like it seems like a really tender love story which you don't get in those movies you know um but then he's surrounded by all these hardened criminals like jamie fox's character and john brunthal's character and john ham's character and stuff like that um it's also got a because baby's always listening to music it's called baby driver it's from his perspective the movie has a ton of music in it. It's got 30 songs on its soundtrack. Dang. The movie's an hour and 53 minutes long. The soundtrack is an hour and 42 minutes long. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Ryan, what are you expecting out of Baby Driver? Uh, hope. <laughs> in, a, in a summer of bleakness and yeah. 
Not a lot of great movies have been coming out. Um, between Baby Driver and the new Planet of the Apes movie, mm-hmm. that's about all I got hope for. <laughs> like, truly great movies. Yeah. Not like, we'll see, or like, I'm banking on these movies yeah. being good. Just to give me some like, <sighs> scratch that itch, alright. What's next? You yeah. Know? So, I'm ecstatic. Really want to see this one. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, banking on it is a really good way to put it. My This is going to be a really interesting after episode because my expectations for this movie are actually astronomical. Mm. Um, we didn't get to do a before and after on La La Land last year, which was my most anticipated movie of the year last year. We did an after episode, which was after it did meet my expectations. Mm-hmm. This one we're doing a before episode. This is my most anticipated movie of all of 2017, including Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, it's probably a tie if I really think about it, but right now I'm so in the Baby Driver hype train that yeah. I, like, I'm so blind to everything else right now. Um, I'm so freaking excited for this movie. Like, it's stupid. Mm. it's so i'm so excited for this movie i don't know how balanced of a critique i'm going to be able to give after the movie um like i've already decided i love the movie (laughs) you know what i mean before having seen it yeah Yeah. um it's it's definitely going to be one of those where like my bias is ultimately going to show and i feel like i'm going to have a justification for any little problem that's in the movie (laughs) but reasons yeah exactly um like, I feel like I'm literally just going to be like, but it's so cool, though. <laughs> the rule um, of cool. Yeah, the movie looks cool. Like, yeah. it looks cool. Um, yeah. You know, the the character looks like... Uh, he looks like, like, what every sensitive guy wanted to be in high school, kind of. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I remember being that guy with just, like, my earfo- earphones in all the time. I was, like, super up on music and, like, old stuff, too. I wore a lot of band shirts, like... It, there's there's definitely some like high school wish fulfillment in the character of baby for me yeah and i think that is going a long way with my excitement um i don't think the character is in high school i just think he has a baby face yeah he's just a really young looking guy um but other than that i like i think the movie looks super good like it just mm. it looks super well made and like the performances look awesome like every actor looks free and great yeah um the car chases look dope he did it all practically there's like no cgi in it the soundtrack is amazing um yeah ryan what are you most excited for in baby driver uh i mean honestly just a good a good story good characters good character development things that you would think these are basic storytelling elements any good novel any good graphic novel you, you're gonna have these things um but sadly we rarely i find get all three in a movie and I, i'm expecting from this those three things you know good 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 story good character good character development um and really great actors like kevin spacey looks threatening he looks so good but in a very subtle like not not Al Pacino screaming in your face, threatening yeah. just that that undertone of intensity that I think he does very yeah. well. Your waitress girlfriend is cute. Let's keep it that way. Just yeah. like really stone faced about that, and yeah. like that's like some cold ish to yeah. say to someone, man. Yeah. So I think he's great, and then the thugs, uh, you know, Jamie Foxx and the other guys, the guy that played Punisher, I don't remember his name. John Bernthal. Yeah. 
Uh, all these characters, I think, will be great. I didn't know he was playing kind of a quiet, sensitive guy. Yeah. Um, that makes that 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 twinges on my high school heartstrings a little bit too. So, yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how that plays out and the music. It's just, it looks like. I think it will do what not a lot of movies have done for me this year. It, I think it's going to be a fun movie, a yeah. fun ride to go on. Yes. But also an emotionally, I'm emotionally invested in these characters. I want to know what happens. That sadly, in no matter what medium, doesn't happen with me very yeah. often. Whether it be in movies, or you know, you know novels, or, or TV shows, that's a rare thing nowadays. Because I think <clears throat> I just okay? drank a cat hair. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I saw it in there, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's too late." Yeah, we're past the point of no return. Um, but yeah, those I'm. I'm excited for this one. Gosh, I'm so stupid excited. Like, yeah. I, it's outrageous how excited yeah. I am. It's almost like I almost feel like this episode's not good because of how excited <laughs> I am. Um, I just, I think part of it is it's been a long time since we've gotten an Edgar Wright movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he went from World's End to working on Ant Man for a long time, and then that didn't pan out. And I'm sure there was a lot of depression that followed him after that. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a project he'd been working on for almost a decade by yeah. the time he got let go for, from it. So this could be like, I wouldn't, I won't say comeback, but a redemption kind of story. Like, not restored, but you know, like, I still got it. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. And I'm putting every, I feel like he's probably put everything he's had into this movie. He's had the treatment for this movie since before he made Spaced. Yeah, okay. So, so this he, has been a baby of yeah. his for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He's been wanting to get this made for a while. Yeah. Um, it takes his name from a Simon and Garfunkel song, which is on the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Baby Driver song. It's one of two movies named after Simon and Garfunkel songs coming out this year. Oh, it's the other the one. The other one's called The Last Living Boy in New York. It's the one I told you guys about last week where the dude cheats on his girlfriend with his dad's mistress. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's by default going to be the best movie based off of... Uh, Weird Simon and Garfunkel song mm. um, this year. Yeah, there. I was like, oh, that's weird. There are two Simon and Garfunkel named movies uh, this year. Okay, so the soundtrack is outrageous for this movie. Mm. It came out on Friday. I've been listening to it on Spotify. There's so like I I don't know what the budget was for this movie, but I feel like it all at, went to. The soundtrack. I feel like at least fifteen to twenty million dollars went to buying the rights to some of these songs. Like yeah. it's crazy the amount of music in there. Um, as a matter of fact, if you go listen to it on Spotify, there are certain songs that you can't listen to because the artists have, don't have their songs on Spotify. Um, um, I almost impulse bought this thing off Amazon on vinyl. Like, I listened, <laughs> I listened to six songs and I was like, I need this. I didn't do it. <laughs> But I almost did. Uh, But yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tune in next week to hear what we thought about Baby Driver and our expectations for Speederman. Uh, That's right. Um, The Speederman. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, That's right. Uh, Spiderman's coming out uh, next week. Uh, We'll have a guest. We'll have Corey Tindall um, coming on because Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man is his boy. I feel like he would. I feel like he would murder me if like (laughs) if I didn't have him on the podcast for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, uh, we'll be back next week to talk about that. In the meantime, you can find me at MJ Smith eight nine one on Twitter. You can find my writing at KeithLovesMovies.com. I just reviewed something. Oh crap. Uh, <laughs> totally. Oh, Book of Henry. Book of Henry is my most recent review over there. Um, 
I also wrote my five best and five worst movies of the year over there. And all of the writers over there have done that. Um, so go read that. It's cool. Uh, the only reason Baby Driver is not on that list, if you go read it, is because it wasn't out by the time I wrote it. Mm. I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> it was by the halfway point of the year, which is June. And it's coming out at the end of June. So I don't want to keep him waiting on that. You can find my news writing at wordofthenerd.com. I just wrote about Rick and Morty Season 3, and I'm going to review Baby Driver. And I just wrote a po- uh, 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 an article fan casting the Cowboy Bebop live action show, which you should go read because I worked really hard on it. <laughs> um, and I'm really proud of it. I actually, it's one of my favorite pieces I've ever written. I really like it. Um, so you should go read that at wordofthenerd.com. They also were just at Heroes Con in North Carolina, and there was a ton of good coverage out of that. So... Um, yeah, uh, we don't have a lot of the credentials to make it to the big cons, so, uh, we're, we'll be covering SDCC from a distance in July, but we'll be covering it, um, so be sure to, to tune into us for that. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Real Perspective, if you look at Real Perspective on there, um, you can see myself and Slade Orin and Mike Morey talking about Michael Bay. Um, Corey Tyndall's Game Space goes up every other Friday, and our Real Perspective goes up on the Fridays that his Game Space doesn't go up. Um, I think that's it. Oh, uh, you can find this very podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, any RSS burner that you can find on your Android device will work. I prefer Beyond Pod. They don't pay me. I just like them. Um, and if you could go leave us a review in iTunes, it really helps us get on the charts. Uh, also it helps if you tell people you know and like who like podcasts about the podcast. That's, you know, we don't have a marketing budget. It's just two guys who are barely making it to go to the movies um <laughs> and that. yeah and uh yeah so we don't we don't we don't pay for uh, any sort of marketing you are the marketing for the podcast so if you like it let people know um direct them to your favorite episode link them to it uh make sure they like the facebook page and and all that stuff and until next time go watch something because we haven't recorded the first half of this episode yet <laughs> 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 <laughs>